The following podcast is a live recording of a radio show first broadcast by Fresh FM with assistance from New Zealand On Air. Fresh FM is a community access media station based in Te Tauihu, the top of the South Island, New Zealand. If you or your group would like to know more about how you can have a program on our station, please contact us. Visit our website freshfm.net for our contact details. Tenakoto, to those of you who chase a pace of some glorious drum and bass. Hari mai to the Paradise Delay podcast, an exploration of electronic music and mental health. Dealing with a spout of depression spurred on by COVID lockdown, I discovered a passion for electronic music. And since then, really learning about and making electronic music has added so much colour to my life, and I hope to share that with you. Join us for the midweek breakdown on Fresh FM. Yeah, so currently I'm in Whangarei. Uh, it's quite nice up here, a bit warmer. And this podcast is coming, you, coming to you from the back of a Toyota Estima that I'm currently living out of. So if you hear any traffic in the background, that might be why. So leaving Waiheke, before I left, I went on a little bit of an adventure. Jumping into the back of a four-wheel drive, we set sail for the furthest eastern point on Waiheke Island, a place named Hook's Beach. Dodging sheep and lambs on the way down the hills, we arrived at white sands and a deserted beach. It was here that we found washed up on shore a large macrocarpus stump, a perfect backrest to bathe in the spring sun. Heat waves rising from the beach blurred the view from the Coromandel Peninsula, and accompanying me was a tall grinning man named MJ who has a North Carolina accent. He is a friendly guy with fair hair and a winning grin, who refuses to give away the secret behind his initials MJ. Although he did let slip that he used to play basketball when he was younger, so I'd assume they would stand for Michael Jordan, I hope. So we slept on some sunscreen, some pretty fancy sunscreen. I, um, before turning 30, I was having a bit of crisis, and I wanted to look a bit younger, you know. Aging starts to set in a little bit, I've got a few grey hairs. So I splashed out on some moisturising sunscreen, it was quite expensive. And, yeah, we slept that on, felt good, you know, we weren't going to get roasted in the sun. And the sound of the waves washed over us as we lathered on our sunscreen. And I got comfortable by wriggling my booty in the sand, making a perfect mold. MJ pulled out a thermos, and we started brewing some tea. But before we get into the tea, I've got a song for you. It's a sparkly, dreamy song, dripping with simps. Listening to it makes me excited about the coming spring and the coming summer. 
And Magdalena Bay, who is the artist, her soft voice washes over you like a mink blanket. So this is Magdalena Bay, all you do. You're on Fresh FM, this is a Paradise Day podcast. Enjoy.
that was Magdalena Bay. You're here on Fresh FM on the Paradise Delay podcast. And yeah, so dreamy, so nice. Uh, I always find a song coming into summer and it kind of gets me, you know, mentally prepared for, I don't know, I guess the fun and the excitement that hangs around during summer. Excited, especially living in a van. It's going to be nice, I think. So back to the podcast. Uh, Over a hundred years ago, Two men sat in a cafe in Vienna. They had introduced themselves and settled into a lively debate that would last long into the night. A young man with piercing eyes had invited his compatriot to discuss philosophy. His name was Carlos Jung, a psychiatrist renowned for his work in experimental psychology and head of a psychiatric hospital in Zurich. Despite Jung's success in early life, he was frustrated because the treatments he was using were often not successful with his clients. And realizing that, Jung set out to find a fresh perspective and he wrote to a pioneer of psychology at the time and his name was Sigmund Freud. Interestingly enough, Freud believed that determining aspect of psychosis and neurosis was caused by sexual desires. And although Jung did not share this belief, he thought that perhaps his aversion to the idea stemmed from his own prejudices or ignorance, and he wanted to try to overcome this by discussing it over a table. After meeting in Vienna, the two would go on to form a strong friendship, Jung was able to question about matters of psychology he did not understand. Yet, as the years went on, the feeling of ambivalence towards Freud's emphasis on sexuality as the root of all neurosis grew. He was sure there must be another reason. From a young age, Jung experienced very vivid dreams. In one particular dream, Jung found himself in the upper floor of a house which he did not recognize. The room was decorated with fine old furnishings and paintings. In the dream, he stood up and walked across a room to wooden stairs which descended to the ground floor. As he reached the ground floor, he noticed the room looked like it was from medieval times, spanning back many centuries. And again, on the other side of this room was a heavy oak door, which opened onto a stone staircase, descending into a cold, damp basement. Walking down the stairs, Jung entered another room, this time decorated with furnishings from Roman times. And again, on the floor was a large grass stone, which lifted as he pulled the iron ring on it. This time, Jung descended into a cave which was scattered with bones and broken pottery, remnants from a primitive culture. At the end of the cave, he discovered two human skulls. It was then that he awoke from the dream. Jung believed that this house was an image of the human psyche the first floor representing human consciousness, 
And the lower and lower he went down the floors of that dream house, the deeper into the consciousness he descended, and the more into the past that the scene became, until he reached the deepest layer of the house and the deepest layer of the mind. Each room representing a history of consciousness told through cultural history. What a crazy dream. I've had some crazy dreams in my time, but I don't know. That just sounds cool uh, and interesting and metaphorical in a big sense if you're a psychologist. I can understand why that dream would have stood out to him, being a person of the mind. and Yeah. But what I find most interesting about this is when you compare this with knowledge that neuroscientists and people who study the brain have today and with all the modern technology regarding the evolution of the human brain uh, there are some links there for sure and the first part of our brain that we understand today that evolved controlled our motor function eye movement emotion and learning so this was called the basal ganglia and it was a very primitive part of the brain and there are many species that only have this part of the brain today lizards for example so you know maybe the people that talk about the queen being a lizard person god rest her soul maybe there's some kind of truth to that i don't know and yeah this primitive part of the brain is called the basal ganglia and basically it just does all the things that your body does without really thinking about it it's just kind of keeps your heart pumping it keeps you breathing all those things that are second nature to you and you don't really think about that's what the basal ganglia does now 250 million years ago another part uh, in the evolution of the human brain evolved and this area of the brain was responsible primarily for emotions. And it, what's most interesting about this is this was the first case of the brain being able to react to situations with good or bad feelings. This part of the brain develops early on in human development compared to other parts. And this may explain why when I was a teenager my brain wasn't well, this part of my brain maybe had evolved faster than others and I got obsessed with Nick Drake and Elliot Smith and other emotional beings, I guess. Quite depressing beings, to be honest. But I guess a lot of us in our teenage stage at our time went through an emo phase and maybe that's drill music today. I'm not sure. I'm not in that much touch with our modern teenagers because they scare me. Teenagers scare me, they have so much going on, and I remember being a teenager, and they just scare me. <laughs> so, yeah, this part of the brain was called the limbic part of the brain. And it's kind of the part of the brain that says, if I do this, I feel bad, so I should stop doing it. And if I do this, I feel good, so I should keep doing it. And... You can see this in species like dogs today where you reward them for doing something good and punish them for doing something bad. I don't believe in that, but 
and they learn that way. That's the limbic part of their brain recognizing I get rewarded when I do a good thing and I get punished when I do a bad thing. So it reinforces this and the brain learns and the brain learns what's good for them. So the last part of the brain to evolve that we know is the wrinkly folds that surround the brain. And this is called the cerebrum. And the wrinkly parts of the brain, they're there because it allows the brain to pack in many dense neurons into the brain. And the cerebrum is responsible for complex tasks like language and communication. The cerebrum also gives humans the ability to analyze and communicate information that the basal ganglia in the limbic system take in. And this is where it all comes together a little bit, is that this evolution of the brain kind of mimics Jung's dream. He kind of saw this in a dream, and our understanding of how the brain evolved in humans today kind of matches. He was in the top part, it was modern times, and as he descended through the rooms in his dream, he went backwards in time, and he went deeper into the consciousness. And we could understand that the cerebrum is kind of the bit that analyzes all the other parts of the brain. It's kind of the surface layer of the consciousness. And as we dive deeper into the brain and get to something like the basal ganglia, then we're really diving deep into, I guess, human biology, human evolution. And yeah. I think Jung would have found that immensely interesting, knowing the knowledge we do today. So, speaking of houses, I've actually been staying in my family house in Cambridge, New Zealand, uh, with my parents, which has been nice, uh, chilling out with them. And a nice experience that I had was, well, my father has always liked loud music and fast cars. I think he's a boy racer at heart. Maybe his basal ganglia uh, is a bit bigger than others, so he's quite emotional and likes those thrilling things. And at the end of the day, he likes to grab a glass of Chardonnay, sit down and listen to some loud music on his B&W speakers. Now, my father has had a taste for electronic music long before I have. Uh, when growing up, we would take family trips in the car, where he would drive like a maniac and listen to CDs like Darude and Groovamata. And listening to music, we shared an experience where we sat down and listened to some electronic music. And I guess I kind of thought I could give my dad a taste of some of more recent electronic music, having, I don't know, learnt a little bit doing this podcast. And... I took him through a catalogue, listening to House and Techno, and wound up listening to some side trance. And he loved the side trance. It was crazy. My mum, my mum went and hid on the other side of the house. But yeah, side trance really took it to his fancy. And it made me consider maybe bringing him along to a festival next time I experience it. But based on this experience, I figure it would be nice to listen to some trance music and this is a song called Wolves by Bio Babas and it's fun it's nice it's trance. it's got that triplet 
bass drum beat and a lot of weird alien noises and I hope you enjoy.
You're back here on Fresh FM, Paradise Delay Podcast. Those are some boy races in the background. Uh, but I hope the Psytrance was nice. Um, gets you, it's so fun to dance with. It's got that triplet and it's fast and it's got bouncing noises and stereo all over the place. Uh, it's really visceral music. And yeah, it's nice. And so we're talking about. Carl Jung in his dream about how he descended through consciousness, uh, through metaphor of a dream where he entered different rooms going down the stairs, and we compared it to the evolution of the human brain, how different areas of the human brain evolved through time. And like Freud, Sigmund Freud, Carlos Jung regarded the psyche as made up of a number of separate but interacting systems. And he believed the three main ones were the ego, the personal unconscious, and the collective unconscious. According to Jung, the ego represents the conscious mind as it comprises the thoughts, memories, and emotions a person is aware of. And the ego is largely responsible for feelings of identity and continuity, basically The ego is the part of your brain that takes in all the information and figures out where you fit inside the world. And the feeling of having a personal identity is known as the ego. It's a boundary maker and gatekeeper drawing lines and dividing yourself from the rest of the world. Now, a lot of people talk about dissolving the ego and how the ego is a bad thing, uh, but the ego actually serves a purpose. Living in society means that without certain limits for our own safety and that of others, the ego is important. We need the ego to draw lines, protecting us from people who may take advantage of too much kindness or too open a spirit. And it certainly, because of this, served a high purpose in terms of survival. And you could think of this as the top level, perhaps, in Jung's stream, where it's a surface level, and beyond that, going down the stairs, we enter a different part of the brain. A brain that doesn't conceive the difference between me and you. And according to Jung, beyond the ego, behind the ego, lies a personal unconscious, which is the next level when you descend down the floor. And it's essentially the same as Freud's version of the unconscious. The personal unconscious contains temporally forgotten information as well as repressed memories. This is what they thought. But the most interesting thing is that beyond this level is where Freud and Jung really disagreed on what was there. Where Freud um, believed that there was no level deeper, Jung thought that there was a deeper layer called the collective unconscious. And... According to Jung, the human mind has innate characteristics imprinted on it as a result of evolution. And these universal predispositions stem from our 
ancestral past, fear of the dark or snakes or spiders that imprinted in us, uh, it's something we have from our relatives that gets passed on as a survival instinct. Jung argued that many of the problems of modern life are caused by man's progressive alienation from his instinctual foundation. And he believed that a lot of this was tied up in the personal unconscious. We'd spent so much time evolving in this other part of the brain and our consciousness kind of detaches us from it and he feels that like modern life and how modern life has changed so much, we're detached from this evolution, this biological history that we all have within ourselves. So what's interesting is the brain uses a whole heap of energy. It is not efficient to obviously have your brain firing at 100% 24 hours a day. So it uses a heap of energy and the way the brain has evolved to deal with this is to create these super highways within the brain which becomes second nature for humans and it's how habits are formed. And so and if the brain does something enough it forms a pattern in the superhighway and instead of having to think about it it's habitual. And the downside of this in the modern world is that bad habits can arrive in the highway that is built on the highway that is built means that the habits can become ingrained in us, these bad habits. And once they're ingrained in the superhighway, they can be quite difficult to change. Um, I know that from vaping. Vaping must be pretty deep in my superhighway and it's really hard for me to give up, but I'm going to keep trying. And so we can go further on this and look at the human brain. One of the main superhighways in the brain is called the brain's default mode network, or the DMN. And it's a superhighway in the brain that information travels from one area to another, which has given it the term the orchestrator of self, and can be considered where the ego is stored. The superhighway takes information from the wrinkly part of your brain and where I'll, where I'll analyze, where we analyze it and takes it to others. So it, it takes all the information and it analyzes it and it analyzes it in a form of where do I sit within this? What do I think about it? How do I feel about it? And becomes our ego, really. And it said that DMN, the default mode network, gives coherence to cognition. Inside it, billions of neurons are firing together to generate a conscious experience along the superhighway. And not just any conscious experience, your spirit experience of the world around you and yourself within it. Now, what would have been immensely interesting is for Jung to be aware of the superhighway. And what's more interesting is it's possible now, with our knowledge of the brain and with certain bioactives, it's possible to slow down this part of the brain with a compound called psilocybin. And what psilocybin does is it effectively mutes your ear. And psilocybin is 
a compound, a bioactive compound, found in certain types of mushrooms. And recent advancements in brain image studies allow scientists to observe and map the brain in action, giving us our first glimpse into, glimpse into what happens when your brain when you take psilocybin. Recent work has begun to show us that psilocybin appears to throw the brain superhighway into disarray. Psilocybin reduces blood flow and neural activity in the default mode network. When someone takes psilocybin, it slows down the DNM and these inbuilt highways can be restructured and bad habits can be more easily changed. I thought of like an analogy, imagine a highway that is inefficient and often causes traffic jams uh, because of how the highway is organized. By placing speed limits on the highway, uh, which we would know a lot about in New Zealand, road workers can come along and improve the function of the highway. It gives it a break, so maintenance can be done on this superhighway. And yeah, the data from it's crazy. Uh, there were three trials of psilocybin done in 36 healthy volunteers, and it showed that brief drug-induced mystical experiences changed these people over time, leading them to report better moods, heightened altruism and forgiveness, more closeness with others, and a sense of connection six months later. And that's crazy to me. Maybe Jung's theory about humans' progressive alienation from his instinctual foundation may, may have been correct. Uh, maybe psilocybin allows us to uh, get away from this ego and step back from it from his, for a second and allow us to be more instinctual and more aligned with our unconscious mind. So it's interesting, as the brain superhighway goes into its gentle slumber, the ego begins to dissolve, and what we can find behind that is what Jung referred to as the collective unconscious. And Freud and Jung would end their six-year friendship over this topic. Jung would not back down on the topic, and Freud thought that Jung had lost his way and be become caught up in pseudoscience. And I mean, it does sound like pseudoscience, the unconscious... Uh, spirituality, it's its something that's easily knocked. It's almost like a religion these days, being spiritual. But there is also science that backs it up. And, yeah, it, what's more interesting is that the people that were trialed with psilocybin reported a strong sense of interconnectedness, as well as spiritual, magical, and supernatural feelings. And... Yeah, this interconnectedness is maybe the collected, uh, collective unconscious mind that we all share. We all share this uh, early evolved mind and it's maybe a mind that doesn't suit today's uh, fast-paced times. And yeah, by using psilocybin we can switch off the conscious, analyzing mind that makes up our ego and we can switch it off for a short while and yeah I think Jung would have been really interested in this uh, when we switch it off the, the brains produced a different world that offered other sensations and realizations than in everyday life 
In this mode, the self wasn't the protagonist of the narrative. We felt more connected to others. Experiencing this state of uninhibited consciousness can lead to lasting changes, as I discussed before, even when psilocybin wears off. For someone who is severely depressed, changing brain activity with psilocybin may be able to jolt them out of it, out of their cognitive rut, wherein their default mode repeats negative thoughts and feelings in a damaging loop. And in someone who is psychologically healthy, it can be that psilocybin can add an additional perspective provided by a peak at the alternate consciousness, which can also improve overall well-being. You can kind of get a taste for it. You can get a taste for what this more connected feeling feels like. And you can implement things in your life that maybe feel, make you feel more close to this feeling. And, yeah, psychologists, psychologists this these days distinguished radical transformation experiences as quantum changes as opposed to incremental behavioral based shifts so it was a large step that these people took by taking these drugs rather than uh, incremental behavioral shifts that something like CBT a cognitive behavioral therapy might induce but the interesting thing is that these two are not mutually exclusive and an epiphany prompted by psilocybin can give rise to new enthusiasm, curiosity, or sense of wonder that can trigger behavioral changes or new interest. Sparing things like travel, dance, contemplation, meditation, interest in nature, people, or other cultures. All things that kind of bring you closer to other people and this feeling of this collective unconscious. Likewise, no momentary experience is so magical and profound as to make every moment thereafter easy to manage, which is like why practitioners of meditation may experience illumination when sitting, but still struggle in day-to-day -day life. Dissolving the ego doesn't happen once and for all. The default mode network will assume its duties, and it can be start hard to stay in touch with this alternate state of consciousness. The epiphanies some people experience on psilocybin offer a touchstone to which we can return when the brain's default mode is on. That's why neuroscientists are so interested in finding out how mystical experiences can be combined with meditative practices and other forms of spiritual guidance to bring around lasting changes in mental health. And yeah, it's a shame in the end that Freud and Jung fell out about this and it's interesting to think with the modern understanding we have of the human brain and how the default mode network works how we can analyze this part of our brain which holds the ego and it's just so interesting how onto it Jung was and I think he would have definitely probably tried psilocybin if he was aware of it back then and yeah it's a shame Freud and Jung fell apart but in the end maybe Freud's ego 
got in the way. So I would like to play my song. Uh, I've written a song. I'm planning on doing a song for every podcast. Uh, I've sat down over these two weeks and kind of put a little something together using Ableton and a few plugins. And it's just a little quick thing, a little electronic thing. But what I really wanted to go with on this one was the feeling of water. When I was sitting on the beach with MJ, uh, the waves were washing over me and I kind of wanted to capture that feeling in a song. So this song is unnamed, but we might as well call it Water Feelings or something like that. And yeah, I'm going to play it now. So enjoy. Enjoy. This is a Paradise Delay podcast on Fresh FM. This is Water by me.
Uh, so that was water, self-produced and made by me. A little experiment I'm trying out on the podcast. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, I hope you enjoyed it. So we've been talking about Jung and how we possibly would have enjoyed psilocybin and the effects of it on the brain and found it really interesting. But in the meantime, MJ and I sit drinking a strange tea as a warm sea breeze blows the smell of spring and salt over us. The sand under us is radiating a warmth as we lean against the old macrocarpa. And we decide to talk about our intentions for the rest of the day and what we want to get out of it. MJ was hoping for a safe travel back to North Carolina and that everything would go smoothly and that our experience in the day would help gain him some clarity on that. And for me, I just wanted to feel more connected, I think. I wanted to feel grounded, and that was my intention for the day. I also wanted to fun, have fun. And fun we did. We went and meditated up on a hill with a few bulls in it. It was up in this old tea tree bush, and you could hear a bull somewhere in the distance calling out to us and... It was so nice meditating and just listening and just hearing all the sounds come to you. And there was one point where I thought I could hear the actual sound of the bush we're sitting in. And it sounds trippy and maybe it was tinnitus from all the bassy music I've listened to at festivals. But it was really nice and it felt special. We then returned and explored the shore. We went into a cave which resonated perfectly uh, with MJ's baritone voice. It was a really nice experience and very grounding experience and it was a lot of fun so yeah that's great. Like always on the Paradise Delay podcast I like to sign out with yeah something a little bit trippy something a little bit funky and this song is a song called Mushroom Cloud by Hundred Waters. It's a drifting, elongated lull of piano chords, like gentle waves rolling underneath front woman Nicole Miglis' breathy voice. And it starts to feel dangerous as swells of electronic dissonance creep in, like the sounds of high tide coming. As the tensions build, she's working up to say something, but keeps chickening out. She says, I know that I should tell you. I know that I should reach out. She sings nervously. But the prospect of letting it out is like breathing smoke. This is Mushroom Cloud by Hundred Waters. Enjoy. Signing out from the Paradise Delay podcast. Be kind to one another. And we'll see you in two weeks. Peace. Like I'm breathing smoke
The podcast you just listened to was a live recording of a radio show, first broadcast on Fresh FM, the top of the South's community access media station, with support from New Zealand On Air. The funding of Access Media makes these podcasts possible. To find similar programs by other community access media stations, go online to accessmedia.nz.